for listening to Transplant Chats with Eliza, a podcast for pre- and post-transplant patients, as well as their friends and family. Hi, I'm your host, Eliza, and I had a heart transplant at the age of 20. Having gone through the whole transplant process myself, I'm now sitting down with other people in the transplant community to talk about their stories, experiences, and how they make the most of their new lives. Now join me in learning about new perspectives and ideas in the ever-changing world of transplantation. So today we're talking to Lani, who is one of my best friends from school. Throughout my transplant and waiting on the list, Lani was a friend that was there for me the most. Although we lived over 100 miles away from each other, Lani was by my side all the time through text, calls, FaceTime and getting the train to visit in between her full-time job. She was one of the few people who made me feel normal in a very strange time of my life. So welcome Lani to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Hi, thanks for having me on the podcast. So let's start from the beginning. Um, So I went for my transplant assessment in July 2018 but I was quite ill from the start of 2017. And I guess in those past few few years, um, they're quite blurry now, but what I really would like to gauge from this chat is how you, like as a close friend, dealt with this sudden change and deterioration in me and um, how you helped me as a friend in this really stressful time. Yeah, so um, we met during A-levels. To begin with, it really wasn't apparent that there was anything unusual um, with you. Um, You seemed really physically healthy and active. Um, It was sort of back in 2016, I think, um, when we sort of went for walks um, a lot and we went um, for a long walk on the cliffs um, in Cornwall and there was a lot of steps to walk up and I was really surprised at the time after hearing that you did have a heart condition how well you managed um, climbing them all Um, but from then on sort of that was the last time I clearly remember you being able to sort of climb so many steps and like run up hills as such Um, after that it was a sort of slow deterioration in that time, like say when you're talking about the cliffs um, in Cornwall and us walking up, I do remember I still wanted to prove to you and to me that I could get up that cliff, even though I was struggling and maybe I was getting a few heart palpitations here and there. I guess I didn't want my heart condition to like define me at that point. Um And I was just trying to just go on with life as normal and try and feel normal. But obviously, as the years have gone on since um, 2016, I couldn't pretend I could do those things like walking up those cliffs and uh, walking along beaches like I could. So from the summer of 2018, I really started to um, recognize that I had to be a lot more mindful um, and I was much more consciously aware of not racing up hills or walking too fast. Um, I think it's really important for anyone with a friend who's 
got any heart condition to be really aware and remember to take lots of little breaks so that your friend can have a breather um and i think like looking back even then i was realized that if we'd have tried to go up the same cliff that we went up uh, previously in 2016 it just wouldn't have been possible um mm. i think it's quite strange to have almost such a fast deterioration in sort of physical ability and I think that we had to adjust a lot so we'd go for like coffees or have uh, go and watch films at the cinema or just like chill at home and cook together um that's just a really nice thing to do um I think what helped me to understand your position a bit better was I had an operation where I felt vulnerable uh, for a long time after and I suddenly realized like how privileged um, I was at least to be, be in a healthy body and it made me realize the struggles that you were going through a bit better. Mm. So in a way, I was quite fortunate that I had that experience as well. Um, but yeah, I just say adjust what you do over time um, to suit your friend um, and what they're going through. I remember every time I saw you, because we, we don't live close to one another. You live in Devon, I live in Cornwall. And every time we'd see each other, even if it was like a few weeks apart, like there was definitely a difference in my ability and it would affect what we could do and enjoy together. Um, so on that note, um, what would you say are the key pieces of advice for friends and family of transplant patients who are going through a similar situation? Um, so I think my first piece of advice is try to see past the transplant. Um, I think it's really easy to want to wrap your friend up in cotton wool and sort of hold them closer because you're really scared for them um, and what the future may bring. Um, but I think it's really important to remember that although your friend is having a transplant, they still have dreams and aspirations which you can talk about. Um, and even if you they can't see how they're going to get there at the time you can help them to plan things for the future so that they can sort of imagine a, a post-transplant life um and i think now like looking at the transformation in you i think all of our sort of dreams back then are starting to sort of come into realization now which mm. is really amazing to see um i think my second piece of advice would be um it can be really hard to be honest with your friend about your own life when they're going through something so serious. Um, and it can be hard to discuss your own problems um, because they seem really insignificant to what, to what your friend's going through. Um, you feel like you can't justify them um, as being problems. And um, therefore, I think it's hard to tell them also about your achievements because you feel bad for things going right in your life when you know that they're facing daily battles. Um, I think it's important to remember that you're allowed to have down days as well and maybe try to find a common ground which isn't personal um, to you or your friends. So you could discuss things like the news, um, television or films that you like at the moment or any hobbies that you both enjoy. Um, I think it's good to find something to deflect away from like the seriousness of, of life itself and uh, problems and stuff like that and try and find something more lighthearted yeah like, I would agree with you on that as a transplant patient I I didn't want to talk about myself so having other things to talk about and having a friend that 
didn't obviously you did ask how I was but didn't just focus on like how bad I was feeling or how tired I was that day or how bad my headaches were but actually to just talk about normal things transplant patients are normal people pre and post but we're just in a unordinary situation so just like treating your friend like you always have is probably just the best way to be but maybe just to be a little bit more like you said Lani like more mindful yeah I think it's um, good to be more sort of considerate and so when you talk about yourself maybe try and frame it in a like more positive light because it's not like your friend doesn't want you to have a good time just because they're having a bad time doesn't mean they want you to also be going through um, a bad time so it's good to also talk about the good things that are going on at in the outside world um, and to just have a laugh sometimes and just kind of forget about the situation can be really nice. Um, so my third tip um, would be to really acknowledge that actually seeing your friend's condition deteriorate can be really tough um, and emotionally quite upsetting um, because your friend could become weak, frail, underweight, um, or even depressed. And it can be really tough to see that happen to someone, especially like seeing that happen to you at the time. Um, I think like, it's just really nice to be there for your friend and accept them for how they're feeling that day. Um, I remember visiting you just before you were admitted into hospital and you were unable to deal with sort of bright lights and stuff or anything too stimulating as such. So any like strong smells, um, bright lights, loud noises, you just weren't in a position to deal with. So I remember just us sitting um, together in a room and just lying there and not really talking or anything and just saying to you that, um, you know, I'll do whatever I can to help you and support you. But like also just accepting that Maybe you don't need to talk sometimes. Um, maybe just having that company is nice. That's a really good point because I'm, I don't know if you noticed this, but whenever you'd visit and I, I mean, I was feeling pretty rubbish through those past few years before transplant anyway. And whenever I saw you, I would build up enough energy to seem like, okay, but by the time it got to say like a month before I actually had the heart transplant, I, I had no energy and I couldn't store any energy. And I remember you coming down on the train and I was just so stressed out because I knew I didn't have any energy and I knew I couldn't really talk. I just felt like, well, what's the point in Lani come to see me? Cause I just feel so crap. I'm like, I'm no good for anything. I messaged you maybe saying that and letting you know and you're and you're literally just like, shut up, Eliza. Like I'm still coming down to see you. I just want to see you're okay and look after you. And that is all we really want when we're in those really bad times is someone just there. Say like your family who wants some like need some time off as well just to have someone else around you who can like go and get you like water or food or um like you need help with and it's just someone different and it really does make a difference um definitely agree like don't place many expectations on yourself um or on like your friend i think just sort of go with the flow and see what happens um 
And I think also just like put a film on or something or just do anything that's the kind of doesn't require too much energy. Um, and I think if you are living closer to your friend um, or relative or whatever, just visit them maybe more little and often. So don't necessarily go for like whole days, but if you can just go for like half an hour or something, because that can actually be just as nice probably for the person who's got a heart condition um, as it is for um, you sort of visiting them and it can be a bit more it can allow them time to rest in between and stuff like that um, so this is something we haven't really chatted about uh, yet but I think it's probably a really good idea to like talk about how our friendship has changed through the whole transplant journey um, so how would you say um, our relationship has changed since I've had my transplant um, so since you had your transplant, there was an uh, amazing transformation in the sense that I felt like you were so much more able suddenly. It was crazy. Like overnight, you seemed suddenly so much more uh, bright almost, like your cheeks were more rosy and you had more energy. And it was so lovely to see that sort of transformation from someone who was like really struggling and not sure what the future held to someone who has is suddenly able to sort of fulfill their ambitions and aspirations um, and is able to just go for a walk. Um, I remember visiting you in hospital afterwards and people not even recognizing you as a transplant patient because um, you were so like active and up on your feet yeah. and like walking around and everything. It was amazing. And I know that's not the case for everyone who has a transplant, that not everyone is overnight, um, not cured exactly, but suddenly a different person in a way like you're still the same person but physically you're now able to fulfill everything you wanted to previously do um and probably were frustrated at times that you couldn't do um i would say the nice memories that we've had are things like going back and walking on the beach uh we went to st ives uh, food festival and the fact that you were able to walk around for the whole day was uh pretty insane uh i don't think even like back in 2016, even then, I think that would have been uh, hard on you and you would have been extremely tired um, come the end of the day. So that was really lovely. Um, and then just being able to sort of, it's been nice to talk to you um, more openly because almost we're on, a, not on a level playing field, but because you're not going through something so challenging, we can sort of be more lighthearted now and have um, conversations where we can both discuss our, tr our troubles and like, or our achievements or whatever on sort of a, a level footing as such. So that's really nice. Yeah, I think it's really lovely just to see you sort of express yourself or just like complain about the weather or like something really like meaningless in a way, but something that um, that previously you just wouldn't have have even been able to to discuss with me because you wouldn't have been able to even see what the weather was out looking like quite a lot of the time. Uh, if the curtains were closed or whatever, it's like sitting in that dark room, you wouldn't have known what the weather was doing outside. And even if you had it, you wouldn't have been able to go out and enjoy it. So um, yeah, I think it's just amazing overall. And I'm really grateful for um, all the amazing medical staff and like, and for your resilience through the whole thing to get through this. Thank you so much for this um, really 
interesting insight into how you coped with supporting me. Whilst this was all going on, I had no idea that you had so many different coping mechanisms and ways of helping me and like the way you've been mindful and adapting to our friendship. It's just like so amazing and you're just such a lovely friend through this transplant journey as well. So thank you, Lani. You're the best. Well, thank you, Eliza, for sharing your um, journey with me. Like it's been so beautiful and crazy and exciting. And I'm really, really, I feel really privileged and honoured to have if you enjoyed this podcast and you think it can help someone else, please share this with them. This is the whole point of the podcast is to help as many people in the transplant community as possible. Uh, if you want to listen to more of this, please subscribe. And if you want extra info and advice, uh, head to either my Instagram page or my website, which is called Transplant Chats with Eliza. Anyway, stay safe and stay healthy. And we'll check again soon. Bye!